and, and it, well, how are you different? Aren't you just the same? Yeah, what great. I, I, that's you know? what I then this father. Yeah, I wish yeah. we had a hundred Bernie Sanders of <laughs> right? all different genders, you know, shapes and colors. <laughs> Just so long as they're all Jewish, that's all that matters. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's actually a prerequisite. Yeah, a non-practicing secular Jewish socialist, and that's. <laughs> I'm fine. That's our criteria. Welcome, everybody, to Move Left Idiots, a uh, progressive talk podcast. Yay. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, <laughs> joined by my co-host, uh, LaDonna Loki. What's happening? Happy to be here, caffeinated. Always, as <laughs> yes. always. And uh, Comrade Dracula. What's uh, ahoy there. Hey. <sighs> so, uh... Yeah, we are probably are going to war with Iran because uh, we're the bitch of Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, I want to. I just want to touch on that briefly because <laughs> I don't know if you guys. Just a tiny piece saw, of news. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw his uh, his his really dazzling uh, PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> but apparently Iran lied in all capitals. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. Um, yeah, what, what he didn't really mention was that they lied in 2003, well before we actually had the nuclear agreement in place with them and the stuff he was using, uh, was from back then. And we have no actual proof that they violated the nuclear agreement since we've entered into it. We don't need proof. We, no. I mean, he, Netanyahu is chosen by God. He's better I, than the rest of us, so he knows. Iran <laughs> lied, guys. What else do you need? It was, it was up. In, I saw it on screen. It was in Times New Roman. It was in like a thousand point font. Like, so back around the time we were invading Iraq for weapons of mass destruction that mass destruction that weren't there, Iran was like, you know what? We don't really need nukes. We're gonna quit. We're gonna quit doing this. And even still, we were like, nah, no, we still not good enough. So Obama was like, hey, let's use diplomacy. And get them to agree to not ever do it. And Israel said, "Nope, not good enough. We don't want diplomacy. We want to bomb them." Basically. But we told them like that's not a good idea, and we're you know obviously just going to do what's best for our country, right? We didn't just kowtow to whatever Israel told us to do, right? Of course not. No. Um, yeah. So you know, Benjamin Netanyahu is a bloodthirsty fucking maniac as always, <laughs> and of course, you know, just totally fucking lies. And it, this is the same shit he did, like you're saying, back during Iraq, where he was coming in and proselytizing and talking about how if we go in there and do regime change in Iraq, it'll be a positive for the, re- you know, just the, just the typical warmongering far right lunatic bullshit that usually comes out of uh, Netanyahu. Well, look, um, I think the Iran deal was shitty. It, it was, I mean, we could have gotten, wait, 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 but why? <laughs> because we gave them all their money and just said here, it was theirs. It was their money. I know. <laughs> I know it was, but we had no right to take it in the first place, but we had it. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense i don't yeah i, I like I, I genuinely don't i think we talked about this like <laughs> like months ago and i was just baffled then i we, we got the best possible all we did was give them back their money and say we won't sh- sanction you and in exchange they said you know full control of the uaea to come in and inspect us uh make sure we're not enriching uranium beyond you know just general uh energy capa- you know capabilities i'm not saying that like there that. was a good deal that could have happened i'm just saying I, it was I a shitty it deal, was a good deal. I mean, <laughs> why is it a shitty deal to give them back what was theirs because we had it that's that's what you do no that doesn't make sense <laughs> but that was a bargaining chip that we used if to something make sure doesn't belong to you, uranium right. it was a if bargaining chip something doesn't belong to you it's not yours to have in the first place <laughs> So that makes it a just deal. Well, let's not get hung up on this, but uh, like, I, but I, you know, I, I do think that you know we used a bargaining chip to ensure that they can't get nuclear weapons. So, to me, that's like mission accomplished. But uh, you know, I don't know. Um, 
regardless. Money uh, buys you anything in this world. So if they have all that money, then they could get whatever they want. Not like food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, well, that's the thing. It's like they're so demonized, but they're not. I mean, you know, really what they're the, the, the biggest problem with Haran is that they don't buy into the American hegemony when it comes to, uh, you know, monetary issues. They, yeah, they, they don't just use drop the petrodollar. The petro- they just dropped it, it. They don't use the petrodollar. Right. They just dropped the petrodollar, and now all of a sudden you hear the saber rattling, and I wonder why it's intensifying. You know, right. I'm sure the two are totally unrelated. <laughs> um, but no, we're, we're going to go in there and do regime change and turn that into a failed state like we did in Iraq well, and Afghanistan so and Syria. Here's my favorite and, part of the coverage on this. In Washington Post, which is supposed to be the liberal paper in, in D.C., of course, is completely on board with any war um, and roots for that bullshit. Their coverage of Netanyahu's little PowerPoint, whatever bullshit thing, uh, had this great line in it. Um, the Netanyahu dramatically pulled a curtain to reveal the bookshelves containing dozens of files and CDs. I don't know how you dramatically pull a curtain, but okay, whatever. <laughs> um, copies of, of original Iranian documents secretly removed from Tehran by Israeli agents. That's a weird way to say stole. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it's like, then it goes on to say, well, we're not sure if what Iran did actually broke the law. No mention of what Israel did break was blatant, blatantly breaking the law. If there was a country that literally broke into, you know, some government building in the U.S. and stole documents and flew them out of the country, what would we call that? <laughs> but it's okay because we do it, yeah. So. Um, yeah. It's okay when it's us, right? <laughs> well, yeah, when it's us or our allies. Yeah, you know, it, it's just... It's fucking gross. Um, and standard. So, you know what it is? It's like we, we were... Um, ramping up to war with north korea and then all of a sudden it's like oh fuck there actually might be peace there it's like shit what are we gonna do we, we, we need to make money we need to make money We're, oh wait iran well you know, and there drunk. was this list of what you know however many seven countries yeah, we, that yeah. you know back to 2002 that they came up with so you know we're just gonna move to the next one on the list and it's fine. Well, that's that's literally the last one we haven't been bombing <laughs> that's the one we haven't been bombing yet of that entire list you know you don't want to go um, to war with Iran. You just, we don't. No, I mean, I'm not saying no. I like any war, but you don't want to go to war there. No, they have a much stronger military than Iraq did when we invaded. So. They're yeah, wicked we're not, smart. We're, not go yeah. to war. we're never going to go to war with, with another. I mean, they're basically a superpower. You know, we wouldn't go to war with Iran anymore than we go to war with Saudi Arabia. We just don't like them because they don't play ball with our corporations. I, you know, That's I, all. I, I, I really think with, with lunatics in there like Bolton, there's a very real risk of unnecessary escalation and who knows what the fuck can happen like yeah. you know well, it, we were on the has... verge of war with north korea and look how that turned out yeah <laughs> you're like well, the, the interesting you know... part is that there's no justification anymore because so many people are seeing through this i mean more and more you know and, and even you know rt and other you know um places are talking about it people are seeing through this now and so it's like there's no justification now that they can use and they're still going to try obviously they're still going to pull out justification they'll just make up bullshit and do it no matter how unpopular it is you know well and yeah they basically control people's thoughts and minds with their media content they don't need to fucking go through congress because you know thanks to the fucking democrats not repealing it when they had full control of government the AUMF still uh, gives broad authority to the president to declare war on any nation that supports terrorism. So, I mean, they really don't need to, to make up an excuse. They could just say, look, uh, Iran is uh, the number one state sponsor of terror, which is not true. It's Saudi Arabia. 
Uh, but they could just say that and go in there and do whatever the fuck they want. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, what are you going to do? Like, you know, we already do every every fucking war we participated in since World War II has been an illegal war in the eyes of the international community. So, you know, well, at least Obama didn't renew the Patriot Act. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, right. oh, he did. Oh. <laughs> did. By the way, did you hear Jeez. speaking of the AUMF? Did you hear that bipartisan bill that Corker and uh, Tim Kaine, Hero of the Resistance, were putting forward that the ACLU called the most disgusting uh, and broad uh, expansion of Whoa. presidential war powers like in, in so U.S. history? ACLU's really... been in, infected with Russian bots then? Is that... <laughs> Well, no, what, what it was was supposed to, to to redefine the AUMF because people were saying, hey, uh, you know, this is way too broad. So they pretended like they were reforming it. But what it actually did is make it even more broad um, in a subtle way that everyone picked up on. Immediately. That's a classic Republican trick, by the way. I mean, they'll call something, you know, the the giving people more money act and it does the no, exact opposite yeah so well i mean you know tim kane is is absolutely <laughs> republican so um but yeah that was of course a bipartisan bill you know that would have and i and it still might pass i mean i don't know where it stands right now it's you know it's a bill that they're working on uh it's fucking terrifying <laughs> but um so you know uh, to move on to slightly less important <laughs> things <laughs> Don't give me a fucking headache. Uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner happened uh, over the weekend, or actually last week, uh, and it broke everybody in Washington's brains, <laughs> broke all of their feeble little fucking egos. And everybody in social media, and yeah, <laughs> people went nuts. I don't know any real person that didn't love it. No, I know. That's that's the thing. Is like the pundit class, you know. Will clutch their pearls and fucking oh my god how dare you sir and you know mm-hmm. that but anyone who watched it was like oh yeah no, no, everything she was saying was fucking true like mm-hmm. he- i mean look i said obviously i didn't like the abortion joke i didn't really think it fit with everything else she was saying i didn't think it was necessary but hey, yeah i mean by and large don't knock it till you try it mm-hmm. <laughs> the joke mm-hmm. don't knock telling the joke till you try there it. you go no, yeah. Okay. yeah sorry <laughs> i thought it was funny um no so i mean you just see some of the reactions in in, online you know mike huckabee who's sarah huckabee sanders father uh tweeted out a good story about press secretary reaction to the ambush attack from the saturday night massacre of decency at the disaster otherwise known (laughs) as the white house correspondence the massacre of decency how dare they tell the truth about the war have you none decency uh, then the Hill, uh, the Hill's chairman says that the publication will no longer attend the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Quote, there's simply no reason for us to participate in something that casts our profession in a poor light. <laughs> to which uh, one of my favorite uh, Twitter accounts, uh, History and Flicks, uh, responded, uh, I wish I could break anything about politics as effortlessly as Michelle Wolf broke this stupid White House press jerk-off <laughs> dinner. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, it's just, you remember when the, the by and large, the press had the attitude of, uh, you know, uh, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Uh, they were supposed to be the, you know, the the, the, the people that they were supposed to be another check and balance. And now it's just, they're all, they're all there because they're jerking off the politicians. They love Trump. And that was the thing that pissed them off oh, yeah. when they got called out for profiting off of Trump's empty podium and all of his yeah. fucking so bullshit. Well, and they all for- want to act like Trump is, you know, weak or, you know, pussy or whatever you want to say for, for not showing up. And and there they are saying they're going to do the same thing because they got roasted. 
So I don't get the double standard. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason people get offended by jokes is that they're too fucking accurate. Like that's why people, that's when people get offended by jokes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to play, I have a little excerpt, uh, well, a decent size excerpt from it that we'll uh, listen to a little bit and talk about. All right. Let her rip. Good evening. Good evening. Here we are. The White House Correspondents' Dinner. Like a porn star says when she's about to have sex with a Trump, let's get this over with. (laughs) And I know as much as some of you might want me to, it's 2018 and I'm a woman, so you cannot shut me up. Unless you have Michael Cohen wire me $130,000. Michael, you can find me on Venmo under my porn star name, Reince Priebus. Of course, Trump isn't here, if you haven't noticed. He's not here. And I know, I know I would drag him here myself, but it turns out the President of the United States is the one you're not allowed to grab. (laughs) We're gonna try a fun new thing, okay? I'm gonna say Trump is so broke, and you guys go, how broke is he? All right? Trump is so broke. How broke is he? He has to fly failed business class. A lot of people want Trump to be impeached. I do not. Because just when you think Trump is awful, you remember Mike Pence. Mike Pence is what happens when Anderson Cooper isn't gay. I did have a lot of jokes. I had a lot of jokes about cabinet members, but I had to scrap all of those because everyone has been fired. You guys are going through cabinet members quicker than Starbucks throws out black people. Democrats are harder to make fun of because you guys don't do anything. (laughs) People think you might flip the House and Senate this November, but you guys always find a way to mess it up. You're somehow gonna lose by 12 points to a guy named Jeff Pedophile Nazi Doctor. (laughs) We should definitely talk about the women in the Trump administration. There's Kellyanne Conway. Man, she has the perfect last name for what she does. (laughs) Conway. And of course, we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We are graced with Sarah's presence tonight. I have to say, I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia in The Handmaid's Tale. Mike Pence, if you haven't seen it, you would love it. Fox News is here, so you know what that means, ladies. Cover your drinks. Seriously. People want me to make fun of Sean Hannity tonight, but I cannot do that. This dinner's for journalists. I watch Morning Joe every morning. We now know that Mika and Joe are engaged. Congratulations, you guys. It's like when a Me Too works out. (laughs) You guys are obsessed with Trump. Did you used to date him? because you pretend like you hate him, but I think you love him. And if you're gonna profit off of Trump, you should at least give him some money because he doesn't have any. (laughs) Trump is so broke. (laughs) He grabs (laughs) because he thinks there might be loose change in them. (laughs) All right, like an immigrant who was brought here by his parents and didn't do anything wrong. I gotta get the out of here. Good night. Oh, it was even better the second time. 
uh, yeah, that's no, so we're having audio issues. So <laughs> what, what, what you hear is not what we heard. <laughs> I'm going to be cutting it in and post. But we all watched. Um, we all remember. Yeah. I just, yeah. No. But but yeah. I mean, some of the the hilarious shit she said, you know, about the Democrats. Uh, you know, how, uh, they're so bad that they're going to lose to somebody named like you know Nazi pedo- a pedophile face Nazi <laughs> Jeff doctor. pedophile Nazi doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. The thing that really pissed people off uh, that, you know, the reason that all the press are, you know, pearl clutching about this is that she was like, look, you guys fucking love Trump. He helped you sell newspapers and commercials. And now, you know, you're you're acting like uh, you weren't the ones who caused this, but you totally allowed (laughs) this to happen. Um, And I think that's what's really fucking getting under their skin. Well, and even now, I mean, true. I do media for candidates and I go, you know, every day looking for different things to share out and it's all Trump. I mean, like constantly, it's really difficult to find things that, you know, we want to share out about, you know, the, the actual issues because it's it's all Trump and Mueller and Stormy Daniels and all of that bullshit. It's like we see enough of that. Can we talk about things that are really affecting everyday so, Americans? But if, if that's what everyone else is putting out there, then it seems like an easy thing to put out your own stuff that people actually care about and resonate with people who actually are focused on those issues yeah i mean if i had time to sit there and be a journalist too i could you know write all this stuff myself but i you know i don't Mm. so i have to find things that already exist and you know tweak them a little bit or write something about them it would be nice if the people who uh actually went to school and got degrees in journalism did this (laughs) we didn't have to worry about doing it on a podcast but yeah i mean unfortunately uh Oh, and by the way, my favorite line from it is, you know, right at the end that she's getting the applause, she says, you know, Flint still doesn't have clean water, which, mm-hmm. of course, is probably the first time any of them have even thought about Flint in two years. You know, it's just it's fucking even when insane. it was happening, Jordan Sharon was one of the few people that was actually talking about. Yeah, it no, he regular... was like one of the only people that was yeah. actually reporting on it and he's still Going reporting there. on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, yeah, I think Bernie actually has gone back. He went back earlier this year to talk about how the media has totally failed Flint and, you know, forgotten about them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the thing with the press, uh, the correspondence dinner is that it's a fucking bullshit event to begin with. The press is not supposed to be buddy-buddy with the powerful. They're supposed to, as you were saying, you know, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. They are not supposed to fucking have these, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars spent on these fucking cocktail soirees where they can, you know, politely poke uh, jabs at each other, but be like, oh, aren't we such good buddies? Don't we all protect each other and only report on Trump because he's a meanie and he's not in our club? Like... The, the the whole the, the correspondence dinner is bullshit. Like it is such a affront to journalism that <laughs> anytime that they invite someone that breaks their little fucking baby brains, you know, like Stephen Colbert or like Michelle Wolf, it's like, well, how oh, I can't. Believe. And then the you know the next year they'll have fucking Gallagher with his mallet. Oh yeah, you know, did you see the suggestions for next year? Well, what it was, um, we're, we're gonna have, Miller's we're gonna have a for... liberal and a conservative comedian. And it's like, that's going to be fucking a train wreck. God, conservative <laughs> comedian. I can't think of a more yeah, appealing two the, words. The other idea was to have no comedian and just have a musical act. Oh, wow. So, you know, just stop having this fucking dinner. I'm, it's bullshit. I'm sure Mike Huckabee is available and his band <laughs> would love to play that. Don't look on. Let's get Joe Scarborough. He could fucking <clears throat> shred. He could shred some licks. Um, 
No, you, you I know, should have gone through with my Matt Lauer's bag of dildos whole website thing because then I could have had you know something to put in the gift bags for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> at least pack. At least buy the URL. I did. I did. I own it. Oh, you did. Oh, trademark. Yep. Matt, Matt Lauer's bag of dildos. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, Matt Lauer might have something to say about that trademark. <laughs> I don't think he's got the power anymore to do much about that. I don't know. I mean, uh, that's an interesting thing. Sue but... me. I got nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I work but... for progressive politicians. I got yeah. This is that there's no money in our orbit whatsoever. No. Um, <laughs> But I, look, I mean, honestly, the whole concept of the correspondence dinner is absurd. And, you know, she was kind of commenting on that in her in her very, you know, pointed jokes, uh, just like Stephen Colbert did. You know, I mean, he came on, uh, you know, this is before he was just a total fucking soul to sell out. But, you know, he got invited by the Bush administration because I guess uh, people watched his show and thought his character was like for real. I, I, I don't, I, I can't imagine who booked him thinking that he was. Um... They could laugh enough at themselves. I think Republicans could a lot of the time. I mean, sometimes it was like, Oh, not quite. But, but a lot of the time I think that some of them, did. I, I don't think they got that. They can understand most of his jokes. I, I, th- I really think they thought he was serious and that he came no. there. And they yeah, were just like so unprepared. For... There's no. no way you invite him. If you don't realize <laughs> he's, he's mocking you. Like, I think with with Colbert and, and Michelle Wolf, they they turn in like the the PG rated version of what they're going to do, and then when they get out there, <laughs> they do the real set. Well, I heard yeah. that it doesn't even get checked, so I well, don't who think books it's... the guests? Like it's got it's got to be it's got to be somebody fucking with them. Like it's got to be like the press <laughs> correspondent, like what like some. Like, like some guy from Vice is probably booking the fucking, you know. Well, and I know that people said that she's on Comedy Central a lot. I don't have cable, or I, if I do, I don't She used watch to be. It, I, but, I, don't know, I think she's yeah, on The Daily Show, like, as a but, correspondent. Yeah, so if she's on there, but I, I had never heard of her. Show. So I said, you know, the day after that happened, you're all talking about Michelle Wolf. So her yeah. mission was accomplished. Whatever you think, you know, you like it, you didn't like it. It got people talking. And well, I think so. I think as a comedian, you kind of have an obligation if you get invited to one of these fucking hoity-toity bullshit events to uh, actually speak truth uh, when, to the powerful when you have them sitting in front of you. I mean, you know, as uncomfortable as it is, and I wouldn't want to fucking do it, it's like, this whole thing is ridiculous. Like, you people That's are ridiculous. That's what Chappelle said, said, too, about it. Oh, I, I have, I have yeah. his audio, actually. It's really, really uh, good. Here, I'll yeah. play it right now. I really uh, respected what I saw. Um, I don't know who those people think they are that she she can't say that to them. They offend people all the time. And I think that for many people, not everybody who watched that, but for many people, it's cathartic to watch that woman speak truth to power like that. And whether they understand it or not, there was an enormous amount of levity in what she did. But it was very flat-footed, and it was grounded in her truth. And whether I agree with it or not, I gotta respect her artistry. I gotta respect her gangster. I know how hard it is to do what she did in front of that lame <laughs> crowd. <laughs> I think she That's it. it. I thought it was beautiful. I, I think he agreed with it. I didn't see her panting, <laughs> and I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, I've, I, just perfectly, you know. <laughs> That's it in that room to to say what she said because she could have had and she did have some people groaning, looking away, you know, kind of. Uh. Oh yeah. 
So um, that that's tough to do as a comedian when you're used to people laughing. You know who actually applause. also did oh, a really I, good. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I I knew that she knew that they would react that way. And, yeah, but you she, almost want that reaction when you're in a yeah. room of stuffy fucking. Well, she wasn't playing like that. to that audience. Yeah, no, she was of course not. She was playing to the yeah. internet audience. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, Hassan Minaj had also a really good uh speech like that. It was. It wasn't. Quite, there's like a like a a lower tier correspondence dinner uh that he got invited to. It's essentially the same organization but or, it's well, like, like Infowars and jezebel and <laughs> no 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 not like <laughs> lower tier. It, it, it's like a i forget what the fuck it's called but uh, it, it was he he had a similar like you know oh my god we can never invite a comedian back kind of speech <laughs> uh last year i believe uh so people should check that out too yeah well um, it, it's, again it goes back a little bit to respectability politics where you can drop bombs on people but speaking of, you know, a, a pleasant tone and that's fine. But as soon as you, you know, are really are the court jester and you say the real truth, they want to kill you yeah. for saying the truth. They don't get mad when you say bullshit or when you drop bombs. They get mad when you tell the truth. And that's when... why Chelsea Manning went to jail. That's why Julian Assange is locked up in the embassy. Those people told the truth. Right, and that's Snowden why they're being fucking hold up in Russia. Exactly. Yeah. They don't they don't go after you for lying and they go after you for telling the truth yeah no james clapper's still walking around edward snowden can't return to his home country mm -hmm. that, reality that, that winners locked up for however many days yeah oh god who knows <clears throat> what the fuck they're even doing to her or where she is like you know um but you know the thing that people really got pissed about which which was absurd of course a total straw man was they were like oh well, she mocks sarah huckabee sanders appearance first of all <laughs> sarah huckabee sanders is a fucking bullshit artist of the high and like, i would never you know i don't ever resort to mocking people's appearances unless it's chris christie but uh you know for the most part i i avoid doing that but um she wasn't even talking about her appearance no, like she, she literally wasn't. she the literally the joke and you'll hear it when i you know edit it in is you know she burns facts and uses it to create a perfect smoky eye or something like that mm -hmm. so it was yeah. like a makeup joke it had nothing to do with her appearance like and it was kind of a compliment i mean it was yeah a, no, it, it was actually. a compliment because she does have really good makeup yeah. artists I'll, I'll agree with that and then she made that really funny like what what's uncle tom but for white women who disappoint other white women which I really <laughs> all right enjoyed. so i will mock her appearance a little bit she does that smoky eye that like fades out really far because her eyes are centered really close together and if well, she's you, Mike Huckabee's kid. I mean, what right. I mean, and, and it's just like nobody looks good when their eyes are too close together. Um, so not mocking the look, but that's why. No, yeah, that's know. fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was absurd that people were saying that because it just wasn't true. But that was, again, respectability politics run amok is that they were like so offended by yeah. it. And it was like, well, well and she was you didn't even listen to what she actually said. Yeah. Like, and she was, you know, we know that the press secretary, that's all they do is lie. But now you've got someone who's lying for Trump, so they lie and lie and lie and lie and lie, right? Well, it's like if you, if you're that's your whole job and you're getting paid to do that, don't be shocked when someone calls you a fucking How liar. How dare you? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like I, I don't have respect for her because she goes out and lies. But at the same time, it's kind of like that comedian. I know how hard it is to go out and do that job, to go out and fucking know you're lying and do it anyway. Yeah. We had and this so discussion about spicy a, too. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's a part of me that kind of goes, "All right, I mean, but, yeah." But it's like you don't you take don't have balls. to take that job. Take a different job. Like I don't, to me, I, that's. I like, don't know what her career opportunities were. I mean, I never heard of her till Mike that. Huckabee. She doesn't have to work. She's Mike Huckabee's daughter. I mean, he's a rich piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> sorry, well, <laughs> so he's a rich, bad person. <laughs> but Thank um, you. 
they always, you know, they always find somebody to act that they can't just lie. They have to act uh, angry when the indignant, press like questions yeah. them. Like they have to find someone that's going to be adversarial towards the press. That's always the person they get. So for that, yeah, I I think that should like that's not a good quality. You know, like if we the, the press should be adversarial to people in power. But if they they're like, I don't even recognize the question. You shouldn't even be asking it. It's like, well, then you shouldn't be running a democracy because you don't believe in it. Yeah. It was really interesting watching a lot of people call for her to resign or quit or whatever this week. Mm. Um, CNN and all the others is like, no, you don't like her because she she doesn't do what you want her to do. <clears throat> oh, you, um, you're talking about uh, the press secretary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. They never yeah. last more than a year. I mean, nobody's no, it, press. It, it, it's a horrible fucking year. job. Yeah. You know. Who's Obama's second? Jay Carney, that fucking guy. Like, like I, people should have called him a liar too during the correspondence dinner. But of course, you know, nobody yeah. ever speaks That's truth the job. when he's a Democrat in office. Um, <laughs> the job is lying. Yeah. No. But what is your price? It's a stupid fucking position. Like, you know, if if you're the president, you should be able to confront the press every day, or you know, whenever you're able to, if you're not busy. But like, I, you certainly can cut, you know, ten minutes out of your day. You know, that's heavily scheduled if you, anyway. If you ever want to see um, a better bullshit artist than the White House press secretary, watch the State Department's press secretary because everything <laughs> oh, they God. say is framed in, in this um, with, with this idea that we're a bastion of human rights, you know. So, <laughs> so the State Department press secretary is always talking about like, well, uh, Puerto Rico has a terrible record on human rights. Uh, uh, China, oh. you know, the, like whatever country we don't do business with, like, oh, their human rights record is deplorable. We, we can... Thoroughly condemn the, you know. Of course, they don't say that about China or Mr. Israel. Prex, Mr. Press Secretary, what about Saudi Arabia? How do you feel about? And it's Saudi like, Arabia? okay, uh, we have the the largest prison population on Earth. What about our our human rights record? You know, so it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I just I, I think the whole thing's fucking stupid. And hopefully, this you know that the, them their crocodile tears about this. Hopefully, will b- destroy this whole fucking institution because it's stupid. Well, look, if the press the was worth their salt, they would have just a while ago said, we're not fucking going. We're not going to these meetings because all you do is lie. If yeah. they were worth anything, that's what they do. But they don't because they don't want to get cut, their access cut off so they can keep spewing out Trump bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, honestly, this correspondence dinner should just not happen anymore because it's fucking it, – it, it's just the I, total antithesis of, of yeah. everything that the press stands for, like should stand I thought it was for, interesting course. that – the only two presidents that didn't go were were Trump and Reagan, and Reagan had just gotten shot. So all the people that want to talk about the the delicate snowflakes, um, mm. you know, on the left. I mean, we we all knew he was that. a little bit. Well, no, he you know because the problem is the last time he went to a correspondence dinner, they fucking roasted him into oblivion and made him want to yeah. run for president. That's what they say anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a good that's a good origin story, you know. You ha- however true it is, who knows? But it, I mean, you could tell during that, you know, when Obama was joking about him, he was uh, not happy. He, he was yeah. fucking. He had such a boo boo face on. It was it was really <laughs> funny. Um, well, it, you realize what power means to these people, and you know, again, respectability politics. When you in, when you insult someone, whether it's with a swear word or just by a really good truth about them that they don't like that no one else, everyone else is afraid to tell them. You can see how much power drives their ego and who they're, who they are and how they see themselves. And you see how easy it is to take that away. You know, it undermines everything that they think about themselves. It fucks with their head. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
they just can't they can't the, the idea of being publicly embarrassed like it, it is just worse to them than than if you'd like just shot them in the head like it's such a it's such a blow <laughs> well, to that like, it's insane it, it like re- reminds me of like uh, game of thrones where they have the sort of like the um uh the the musical court jester <laughs> and as soon as he <laughs> sings a song joffrey doesn't like they have his tongue cut out <laughs> And of course, like the, the well, court, no, you got to watch the show. The, the, the know, court gesture is supposed to be off limits, where they can say whatever they want, even though no one else can. And Joffrey's like having none of that. He's like, "Nope, cut out his tongue." It's <laughs> just like, "Oh shit!" And the, of course, yeah. he's you know a lot of every, many people have seen it. Without you have it, this is a king who is maybe thirteen years old too. So uh-huh. it, it makes it even more. Uh, yeah. Well, um, you know, speaking of spoiled man children, uh, Kanye West has been in the news this week. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so provocateur. Uh, I'm just gonna play the audio of the shit that came out of his fucking stupid mouth on TMZ, and then we'll talk about it. But uh, you know, the reason he was on TMZ, uh, apparently he just showed up at the studio because he's a fucking lunatic. Um, but the reason he was on TMZ was the week prior he posted some like really strange tweets where he was like wearing a Make America Great Again hat with a bunch of like really stuffy oh, looking old the, white guys. The get out photo. Yeah, the get out. Everyone called it the get out photo. And he's like, does this look like I'm in a sunken place? And he like tweeted a bunch of pictures of his super bare, like strange looking fucking corridors in his mansion. And I was like, yeah, that's it, it does actually. That literally looks like the tunnel from the sunken place that the, that the, <laughs> the main character falls down. But okay, it, it whatever. makes you man. think he didn't actually watch the movie. <laughs> no, no, he's never, he, he doesn't even know what that means. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He should fucking watch that movie, you know. But um, so you know, and then he was tweeting about, you know, I can't lie, man. You know, I love Trump. He's like me and him are dragon energy, and, and you know, everyone joked about that. But I'm like, they are the same fucking person. Like, I, I totally get what he means about how they're the same energy or whatever, you know. Well, they'll say anything to get press. They yeah, are complete the, press whores. Yeah. Yeah. The, no ideology, just total no. buffoons. You know, egomaniacs who think they're geniuses. Um, so it was nice to watch the smackdown of him. <laughs> yeah, so let me play the audio from the TMZ thing. We'll come back and talk about it. I don't think people necessarily understand what happened last week with the Great Ameri- uh, Make, yeah, Make America, America Great, Great Again hat. What are you trying to do with the message you're sending? Well, it was really just my subconscious... It was a feeling I had, you know, like people were taught how to think, we're taught how to feel. We don't know how to think for ourselves. We don't know how to feel for ourselves. People say feel free, but they don't really want us to feel free. And uh, I felt a freedom in, first of all, just doing something that everybody tells you not to do. I just love Trump. That's my boy. Like, uh, you know, it's like so many rappers, you'll look at a video of Snoop Dogg loving Trump, but then he get in the office and now they don't love him. Like, Trump is one of rap's favorite people, no, right? But we, we, we talk about <laughs> yeah. this, that before he was yeah. elected president, people yeah. in hip-hop, they, it, was, it was an in thing to put Donald Trump yeah. in your rhyme somewhere. Yeah. And by the way, right. I am in hip-hop, but I'm not just in hip-hop. I'm a black person, a black community, but I'm not just that. I feel like one thing is people try to minimize me to artists, hip-hop, uh, black community. Yeah, I'm always going to represent that, but I also represent the world. When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. <laughs> like, you was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all? You know, like, it's like we're, we're mentally in prison. I like the word prison because slavery 
goes too too direct to the uh, idea of blacks. It's like slavery, Holocaust, Holocaust Jews, uh, slavery is blacks. So prison is something that unites us as one race, blacks and whites being one race, uh, that we're one, we're, we're the human race. Do you feel that I'm feeling, do, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? I, I actually, I actually don't think you're thinking anything. I think <laughs> what you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought. And the reason why I feel like that is because, because Kanye, Kanye, you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. But there is fact and real world, real life consequence behind everything that you just said. And while you are making music and being an artist and living the life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed, I'm appalled, and brother, I am unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something, to me, that's not real. Bro, you gotta be responsible, man. Bro, I'm sorry you I gotta, hurt you. You gotta be responsible, Ooh, I'm sorry I nah, hurt man, you, bro. Bro, you your voice is too big, you gotta... Bum, bum, bum. I'm sorry I hurt you. You know what's amazing about Republicans, as, and as a former head. one, I'll I'll speak to it. They think that because they did something, because they accomplished, you know, a, a massive rise out of poverty, single parent, you know, whatever, that that's possible for everyone. They never acknowledge the luck and whatever privileges that they did have. They just assume that this is possible for everyone. I don't even know that I'd call Kanye a Republican, but but I, 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 I get but that's what you said is is broadly true and of, of their ideology in general. Um I just I, so, he doesn't fucking know anything. He's he, an idiot. Right, exactly. Like, he doesn't know anything. He remind I mean, he sounds so much like OJ. You know, he does. where he's like, I am not just from the black community. I'm you know, I, I go golfing with white guys too. You know, and, and but then it's it's still it's like he doesn't understand these things because no one's been willing to to check him on it, right? It, it's like grade school philosophy. Yeah, like the shit he says, just he, like people. Even, even when this guy tells him he's wrong, he's still got to like frame with it like, look, look, look. I, I respect your genius. You just you're a genius. It's like stop calling him that. Stop calling him that shit. He's not a fucking genius. He's a dumbass. He has he a bunch of producers write a bunch of beats that sound okay. And he, he, look, there's I, nothing Kanye, prolific about him. Kanye is a good musician. He is a fucking. Does he play any instruments? Person. No, he he produces his beats. He, he actually produces was a, producer. a drum machine. Anyone? You know can where he got his that. start? He got his start on Def Jam poetry. That was that was what he did before. So he wasn't even making music back then. I, I think Kanye broadly is. He, he is a good artist. Like he, he got his start producing really good, like good quality, you know, beats for other hip hop acts. And then uh -huh. he started, um, but he, he doesn't fucking know anything about the world and about geopolitics. And it's like, he literally just waded into this fucking like a month ago, it sounds like. And all of a sudden he's like, uh, you know, oh, I know, I know everything, and I, I'm, I'm Trump's my boy, and I love it. Like, I don't think he, he even just, believes what he says. I think he just says he it to get anything. in the news. He doesn't he believe wants anything. To get coverage. He doesn't. Yeah. He, he doesn't have any. Like, here's here's a quote: "As soon as they like you, make them unlike you." <laughs> <laughs> that's deep. That's wow, deep. that's fucking. He's like, he's like Jaden Smith, but like forty. Like you know, like the shit that yeah. Jaden Smith. Said. Yeah. Okay, you know who a genius is. Prince. Oh yeah, Prince is a absolute Prince was a genius. genius. So when I hear someone calling Kanye West a genius, I'm like, 
Stop doing that. Stop yeah. telling him that. That's why he's like that. But the thing that I feel bad about, and that guy Van Lathan was a producer on TMZ, I feel bad because he is a very prominent voice in the black community because of his artistry and because of the fact that he's one of the most famous black men in America right now. And it's like, this is like the OJ parallel is actually very apt because it's like, mm-hmm. the fuck are you doing, man? Like, you're you're a very prominent voice in black America and the black community gave you your position like by supporting right. your artistry and this is how you fucking pay them back like by just well totally so, shitting on, the on there so just to um i mean when, when the guy that from tmz says there's real world consequences of what you said you know I, I mean i think some people might not know exactly what that means but the practical application is you got a bunch of white guys that will go well kanye says that uh slavery didn't exist or slavery was a choice of those people like we got another one yeah there's one on our team yeah morgan freeman saying black history month is bad you know and doesn't shouldn't exist racists love that shit they love to find the the one little quote taken out of context or just a bad quote in context ben shapiro is like i i I suddenly love hip-hop now or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm gonna ben shapiro finally went and watched black panther even though he couldn't stand it yeah I, i just he, he kind of is a fucking idiot, and it's and it is a shame because he does have a very prominent voice that he could use for good. Um, and I will say, I, I do think he, you know, everyone's like, oh, don't talk about his mental health. He clearly has mental issues. Like you, when you just you listen to him in interviews from years ago. Listen and now, to your ableist language, Anthony. <laughs> no, no. When I say issues, I mean like he clearly has like a, some kind of a, a personality disorder, and he's kind of like alluded to it in the past, but. he needs to like have a publicist or something that says look dude just don't say anything in public you 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 can't can't control trump they can't control him this is just you know the nature of the the being yeah he needs a therapist he needs to have a good therapist but i I don't think nobody will trust anybody well he has been medicated too so that's he's talked about referred to that and he said you just got out of rehab like last month for opioid addiction so it's like yeah you know is it the fucking you know whatever he's taking now talking or like is it you know i don't know he's just like the only part of it that i appreciate is that there's a narrative out there that if you're a person of color in this country that you automatically have to be a democrat and, you know, the Democrats, uh, many have pointed out, haven't done a whole lot for people of color in a very long time. And so, you know, the rejection of that. Now, I'm not saying go be a Republican either. I mean, both parties are fucked. But I, I appreciate that piece of it that at least he's willing to, to challenge that perception. Yeah, but I don't think he's challenged. And I, I, I agree. Well, you know what the what that got set that started was Chance the Rapper tweeted out, who I think is actually a much better artist than Kanye. Yeah. Uh, and and actually does shit in his community and like is really active in like making sure that charter schools don't uh, continue to expand in Chicago and things. Like, he's Wait, like what's wrong really... with charter schools? Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> uh, Cory Booker loves him, uh, so no. Um, but Chance the Rapper was like, "Look, black people don't need to be Democrats." Like when that happened, yeah. and, and I think everyone people... I follow, all the black people that I follow on Twitter were like, yeah, they can be socialists. You know, it, well, I almost wonder if that's what he meant because then he tweeted up. He's like, yeah, the next president's going to be an independent y'all. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, that means he think he means centrist. I was like, no, Bernie Sanders is an independent. He probably meant Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very like socially left guy. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what he they meant. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. But they, but everyone twists things to make, you know, make it fit their narrative. Yeah, there's, there's this hell thread going on right now where, um, you know the 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 alt center 
loves to talk about civil rights. And as soon as you bring up economic justice, they go, I'm fine with economic justice, but not at the expense of civil rights. Well, you can't have civil rights without economic justice. Right. You can't, doesn't matter what the law says, if you get paid half of what someone of another race does and you can't overcome that on your own, that's, there's, doesn't mean anything to have civil rights, right? And of course, then you show all the pictures of MLK on the, the march on DC, which was the job, or was the march for jobs and civil rights. You know, it was, the, he understood you can't have both one without the other, right? But they want to obfuscate on that. They want to say, no, the Bernie bros want to make everyone earn the same amount of money. And that somehow that will not make us have civil rights anymore. And it's like, they, I know they know that's not true. And they're, they're like totally trying to front on that, if, on that level. Yeah, it's disingenuous. But that's their whole thing, you know. And they're like, oh, Bernie, the white working class. And oh, Bernie doesn't like identity politics. And it's like, well, that's, that's literally what they're, what they're using identity politics as is a shield to block criticism of, of a racist economic system because they want to have that racist economic system. They want it to stay there. They want to have capitalism. Yeah. Well, and it's not just race, it's gender, it's sexual orientation. It's, it's all of those things. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. intersectional with economic justice. Yeah. But you know, I mean, those people aren't honest actors, you know, half of them, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're just, you know, white dudes sitting in their fucking basements. Yeah, well, they're either rock. It's they're, like... they're wine moms or it's Sally Albright with a, a fake, another fake account, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the hate percent. Exactly. Well, she, she claims she's off of Twitter now or, you know, she's, she's stepped back from Twitter, but I'm sure that's, I'm sure she's just oh, hiding behind her all... thousand sock, sock puppet accounts. Candace Eisen is waiting in the wings. She's waiting <laughs> She's setting up all these Lurking. multiple accounts and inter interlocking them all together and getting ready for the. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I good on that fucking guy though, uh, Van Latham at TMZ for saying that shit because nobody ever, you know, like Kevin Smith once on one of his kind of stand up things told a story about working for Prince because he Prince had him produce. Uh, this, yeah. Like, have you seen the whole Jones half hour? Witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, um, it took it down, but it's... Uh, it's, it's an interesting... Yeah, it's a really funny story, uh, but he had him produce this Jehovah's Witness documentary, basically. Um, and he's like, you know, look, nobody's told Prince no in, like, 30 years. Like, he's been living in his own world. And so I really think Kanye's like that. So when that guy was like... And if you watch the video of it, when the guy's talking to him, he's got a face on, like, like a spoiled toddler, like, who just, you know, you just took his toy away from. It's yeah. like... He, he nobody ever fucking steps to him and says like hey you're being a fucking asshole like what are you doing well and he's immediately wounded by it and like you said he's never heard it but also he, he responds only as though that one guy thinks that way yeah right. that nobody else could possibly like this like, guy must be dude crazy. i'm sorry i hurt you i sorry i hurt you it's like no you <laughs> you've you've hurt a lot more people and those statements are going to hurt people long into the future yeah. Well, that reaction is very Trump too, you know. And then Trump goes on a Twitter tirade or whatever. Why well, do you think Trump so would butthurt. say, "I'm sorry, I hurt you"? No, he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't say that. That's At least Kanye has learned. Little, yeah. yeah, that little uh, trick. But yeah. Yeah. No, Trump. Trump would never admit any kind of fault. Um, but you know, I, I just. Uh, oh, speaking. Of, you know, I should say before we get out of here. Speaking of not admitting fault. Uh, Joanne Reed uh, apologized. Uh, did you see her big <laughs> apology on her show the other day? No. I, I you know, I genuinely don't uh, believe I wrote these things, but I, I'm very sorry for the communities that were offended. And it, like, she she literally everyone was like, "Oh, well, she apologized." Like, what's 
she, no, she, she, didn't. she yeah. literally didn't apologize. Like she said, like she literally says, like I, I, I genuinely do not recognize that you know that 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 yeah. could. Yeah, it was, she basically was like, I could, I can't, I can't believe that I, you know, wrote those things. It, it was like Bill Clinton saying. Things. It was like Bill Clinton testifying. Uh, it depends on what your definition of is is. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was like that Reagan thing with with Iran Contra, but it was even worse than that, where he was like, you know, I. I, I I told the American people that we did not trade arms for weapons, but uh, maybe we my, did. I, I don't. My remember. heart believes that, but the but but the facts say otherwise. You know, whatever it was. Yeah, it's it was like that. And then she surrounded herself with a bunch of fucking rich, you know, LGBT people who gave her backup for mm-hmm. her horrible bullshit that she wrote. Oh yeah, that you know. that was gross. And, and now, of course, it's the, the that um, those people are coming after the socialists, saying that we took down Joy and Reed. Like no motherfucker, her lies. I didn't write that fucking blog for her. Took yeah. herself down. <laughs> her, her lies and then her fucking trying to pin it on the Russians. Like we're, we're what took her? But they even take her down because MSNBC has no integrity whatsoever, and they'll let a journalist uh, who just lies blatantly stay on air. See, well, I'm I mean, just fascinated by the whole spin on it, though, because you know I, I just remember being in rooms like that, you know, where you're trying to figure out, okay, what's the PR answer to this? You know, do you do you write it and say, you know, I'm I'm genuinely sorry, and does it come from your heart, or how can we apologize but not apologize? <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just it's fascinating. To it, me. It's just so gross, and it's like, but you know, MSNBC still gives Brian Williams fucking airtime, so it's like they don't they don't care about giving airtime to proven liars. So you know, I mean, whatever it. It's gross, but of course I figured she would keep her job, um, you know. And oh, and the other big thing was there's a, clearly a memo got sent around to a bunch of MSNBC hosts, be like, <laughs> "Hey, talk about how how courageous Joy was for going on air and apologizing, and how brave she is, and what a good voice she is for for the LGBT community and all this stuff." Like and, you the know, memo Rachel Maddow. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you know, the funny thing though with the Joy Reid thing is that. Uh, it was being reported on that uh, a lot of people that work with her were like disgusted by this whole thing and just stayed silent on it. And you, and you can kind of read between the lines and like, you know, uh, Chris Hayes didn't tweet anything about it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they were all silent about fucking Matt Lauer too. Joy and Reed yeah. did not tweet a thing about Matt Lauer. It's like if you, yeah, you could tell the ones that were disgusted by it and just stayed silent and the ones that are just completely uh, corporate, you know, well, cool, and, and, and some are guilty of it say. themselves too. Sure, so yeah. they're not going to call out somebody else if they've done it. And, so, and who yeah. else was silent about Joanne Reed's homophobia and lies about Russia? The Young Turks. Totally silent. Yeah, they, they haven't even covered it. And I, I, I theorized that that was because Jank didn't want people to be like, oh, well, you wrote shitty blog posts and blah, blah, blah. But he actually apologized for those. Like, he went yeah. on air. It was like, well, I was a they fucking also, idiot. The, you know, their top people get guest spots as pundits on MSNBC. So they don't want to yeah. they don't want to lose that access either. So their whole thing is railing against, you know, the corporate media. They they fucking lick up the piss of corporate media. They want they want to be corporate media so bad. They're just like, look how great we are. Oh, we're we're now, we're so different. So. We're independent. It's it is the most disgusting bastardization of independent media. Independent media does not read tweets about themselves live on the air talking about how great they fucking are. And it's sad because I really used to like TYT. Um, so Allison Hartson, the candidate in California, this is like surprising to me. I just read today that she agreed to show up and did not show up to five out of six debates. So, what? yeah, so she's a candidate and she's brought in, I know, I mean, at least over $100,000 and isn't even 
That's so bizarre. Showing up. Why? So I, it really makes me question. And I know everybody says, oh, no, no, you know, they're, they're fine. It's not controlled opposition or whatever. But it really makes me wonder, is that just in there to sort of weaken the, the progressive vote and maybe hand it to somebody else? Uh, I don't know. The only reason I say no is because I, I, we know candidates who have been endorsed ipso facto by Justice Democrats who we know to be actual candidates. Now, whether or not so wait, you want to say parts is different with... because they – so is is this person? I'm not familiar with them. Are they associated with Justice Democrats and Young? She Kurt, well, she's very yeah. associated oh, because okay. she um is a Justice Democrat, but she was also kind of handpicked by Jen because she used to head up mm-hmm. Wolfpack. She was like the president or something like by oh, yeah. assistant or whatever. And she um, was thrown into the race at a time when you know there were other candidates that were already progressive that were there, and then you know just because of the coverage that she got, the media attention that she got from them. You know, she brought in a lot of money all at once. And if they had given that same coverage to some of the others, you know, that might have helped those races. So yeah, there's a lot sure. of questions around that one. That whole I think that whole race was really fucking badly handled. Like, the, the, you know, the problem is, like, our rev should have really made a concerted effort to get a really strong candidate in there to challenge Feinstein. But there's the problem of, like, I think a lot of those orgs, especially our revolution, is still they don't want to rock the boat too much when it comes to challenging, you know, respected Democrats. Well, there's you know, that, but there's unquote. also, you know, if you're the democratic party or even you're any of these organizations and you have a finite amount of money, you know, you have to pick and choose. I'm sorry. You do. You, you have do. to pick and choose. I mean, to what me, that's a big fish to take down though. It is. It I, is. I, I would prioritize Feinstein, Pelosi, uh, Schumer's not up, but I would prioritize him when he's up. Cuomo well, it's, certainly it's is a big did, priority. It's what they did with Randy Bryce. You know, they put all of their their power behind him to try to unseat Ryan. But when they've got a, a powerhouse that's already in there, they're not going to do it. You see that article? It was from like a really prominent. I think it may have been from Vox about like um, how the Democrats chose the wrong horse in that race and how they should have chosen <laughs> Kathy Myers. Mm-hmm. Which is like surprise, fucking big surprise that he's a total fraud, and that we yep. knew it from day one. But you yep. know, I remember the literally the day his ad came out, we were on here and we we're like, "How is this fucking guy who nobody's heard of before getting his ad played on Joanne Reed, and he has like a professionally produced?" He you was know, in People Magazine, Rolling Stone. It, it, I mean, they had absurd. the media it was like all clearly a fucking yeah. you know, <laughs> grass uh, astroturf candidate. Like yeah. it, it's just you know, but whatever. I. I'm not super optimistic about the midterms if you guys haven't been able to tell. But guys, it's all the fault of the socialists. Yeah, no, it's all the... Oh, God. Fucking... 41% of Democrats are apparently socialists now. (laughs) I did the math on it, and I sent it to Fox News, and they reported on it. So, So, you know, Hillary Clinton just will not fucking go away she just will not (laughs) go away. For the number of times that you said that on this podcast. God, I just... I'm so sick of talking about it, but like, she just won't fucking give it up. Like, she cannot deal with the fact that she lost to a fucking orange clown. It's everybody else's fault. It's like, who is she gonna? We should have like a bingo card with just people she has not blamed yet. Um, for <laughs> you know, for 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 fucking election. Bingo, bingo, bingo. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Well, yeah. that's the thing. It's like we we there's already way too much. You can't blame Comey or WikiLeaks or Russia or. <laughs> But uh, so she was speaking at some toity toity fucking conference, you know, dressed like she was, you know, 
one of the people from the Capitol uh, in in the Hunger Games, and somebody asked her. You, you may be the here. I have the audio here from this guy. Uh, let's play this. You, you may be the only uh, presidential candidate since World War II that actually had to stand up and say, "I am a capitalist," <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you did. Uh, did it hurt you? Probably. I mean, you know, it's it's hard <laughs> it's hard to know. But I mean, if you're in the Iowa caucuses and 41 percent of Democrats are uh, socialists or self-described <laughs> socialists, and I'm asked, "Are you a capitalist?" and I say, "Yes," but with appropriate regulation and appropriate uh, oh, uh, accountability, uh, you know that that probably gets lost in the oh my gosh, she's a capitalist. I, I mean. By the way, nobody's talking about this. She's totally doing a Bernie impression impersonation at the end. She okay. even okay she has the that. finger point. Well, I, mean, I know, but it's like, what? can you imagine if he <laughs> impersonated her? The fucking pearl clutching that would have gone oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah. So the thing about I love about this clip is the guy who's interviewing her looks just like the um the the guy from all the Christopher Guest movies, like Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman. The guy who's like the you know kind of bald guy with the glasses. I can't remember the actor's name. Anyway, looks just like him. Kind of um, looks like albino Tom Perez. Like yeah. if, I, if I had to put. Okay, so um, first of all, uh, where who who decided forty one percent of Democrats in Iowa are well, socialists? No, so the funny thing about this is that that's a very specific number that she must have gotten from polling data. But yep. the fun, but the thing to me about that that's crazy is like forty one percent of Iowa Democrats, Iowa Democrats, like fucking Field of Dreams country, <laughs> uh, are self described socialists. If that's true, um. Get, leave the fucking party then. What are you doing in this party if rural Democrats, half of them are identifying as socialists? Clearly, the party's going in a direction that you are not fucking, you know, flowing with. I mean, there's so, there's definitely what, some socialist undertones to feel the dreams. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, movie. it's the 41% that's supposed to leave. So, you mm -hmm. know, make well, that, her own party, I mean, that, whatever. That's crazy to me. It's like she she's just so fucking mindless that she can't wrap her head around the fact that like well i can't believe that you know half the party is is socialist and i don't know why they don't love it like me even though i'm a self-described capitalist okay. and i love this system that's oppressing everybody there's, in the fucking there's country. no such thing as regulated capitalism okay capitalism no, is always going to cheat its way around and let's not forget the fact that regulated capitalism her fucking husband deregulated wall street and that's why millions of fucking people lost their homes so fuck her she, but you know, she what she's saying is she's like, well, I'm and of course, that. <laughs> of course, there needs to be you know Thank regulations you, or whatever. You're she's welcome. like hand waving, like she might as well be doing you know the double CK as as Jimmy Dore calls it. <laughs> like she could care less. She's like, what? Well, she's like, you know, well, you know, I, I'm a capitalist, and of course we need regulations, but you know, I'm a capitalist at the end of it. Like it, so she's just so the disdain she has yeah. for the fucking working class is so evident and like dripping off of her at all times. She's it's a half so millionaire. I mean, yeah, she... well, I just imagine Peter Dow, like, every day sending her an email, you know, like, Hillary, it's because of cause this navel-gazing going on of, you know, still trying to figure out the why. People didn't like Because nobody you. will say to her, because nobody fucking liked you, because you're a horrible candidate. Yeah. No, nobody will Russia. Literally, no, nobody will say that to her. Everyone in her inner circle, I guarantee you, not a single person, yeah, including so her husband, Hillary, has ever call said. call me, and I will tell you why you're shitty, and why you're well, yeah, a shitty candidate. Because everyone, everyone that says it to her online is a alt-right lunatic, or a, or an MAGA chud, or a deplorable Russian troll. Well, and this is what I say to my candidates. People are so sick and tired of this polished candidate that legislates by poll in whichever direction they think the wind is blowing in. And by the way, those polls are all faked, you know, by the by the insiders. I've seen sure, so many this week that are just yeah. horrible. Super yeah, rude. but 
But, you know, that's why Trump got elected is is because for as horrible of the things that he was saying, you got a sense that he believed it. And at least you knew what you were getting. And with her, it was like, I I don't know. What does she believe? What does she not believe? I still couldn't fucking tell you, you know, two years later what her platform was. Other than we drafted the most popular fracking, progressive platform in, in yeah. I remember Party her putting, history. Yeah, I remember her putting on the headband and the baking fucking cookies and putting on the southern accent. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Guys, she carries hot identity? sauce in her purse all, at all times. Like That's all that matters. You can't do that. It'll go Black bad. Black people should vote for her you because she carries hot, hot sauce. sauce. <laughs> yeah, once you open it, you can't, you can't keep it out. I don't know out. if she understood that. Uh, so, so here's the thing that burns me. Um, this, this is a, a quote from that thing. I'm not, I think it was just after the part you played the video of. I just want to read this real quick it, because it, it represents where I think a lot of liberals are, where they, um, they're, they're capitalists, but they think that the good things capitalism has done are actually have nothing to do with capitalism. And in fact, anyway, you'll, you'll hear it. So this is Hillary Clinton. What I think about capitalism, I think about all the businesses that were started because we have the opportunity and the freedom to do that and to make good living for the, and to make a good living for themselves and their families. We would be making a grave mistake to turn our backs on what built the greatest middle class in history. 100% bullshit. <laughs> That's not what built the greatest middle class. Because in capitalism is what destroyed all of that. Capitalism is what put all the mom and pop shops out of business. Walmart and Sam's Club and Costco. Amazon. Putting them all out of business, buying up, you know, all the the cheap farmland, putting a huge mega mall out there, undercutting prices until all the mom and pop shops were out of business and then jacking their prices back up and making all their employees have to have to um, depend on socialist handouts to to be able to afford to feed themselves because they pay themselves so little so little money. Right, that's that's what capitalism is, right? So again, she's she's referring to the, the greatest middle class in history. What built the greatest middle class in history? The New Deal. The New Deal. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And who wrote the entire New Deal? <laughs> FDR's uh, labor secretary, Francis Perkins, who was a communist. Yeah. Again, I keep going on about this. I know, but it, it's no, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was socialist policies that 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 built the middle class. It's like so obvious, and you know what she's describing is democratic socialism. You know, commerce with heavy regulations to ensure right. that you know that's not capitalism. Capitalism right. is the uh, you know trying to attain as much money as possible. You know, regardless of you know, the, the people that say, "Well, you're t- you're tweeting out an iPhone. You must love capitalism." Like, no, capitalism didn't build the iPhone. Uh, <laughs> labor built the iPhone. Capitalism yeah, is why your right. iPhone only lasts for three years and then breaks. <laughs> um, and obsolescence, yep. What, what the, the, it reminds me of that really funny meme where it's like, uh, you know, you, well, you part, you you uh, want to marginally bet improve society, yet you participate in society or something like that. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you live under a king, so you must like serfdom, right? You yeah, haven't left so. the kingdom. <sighs> well, you know. This is super helpful for the Democrats. I mean, this is this is definitely helping people get elected in 2018, right, guys? Like this platform of of continuing to bash voters and bashing half of your party is, is sure to get people elected in 2018. Um, yeah, somebody somebody tweeted out something. It's a blue about, wave. It's um, fine. <laughs> you know, have have the have the Democrats' uh, 2018 momentum stalled, or has it stalled? I'm like, what momentum was there to stall? 
Well, it, you know, the did, hatred actually. of it, the like, hatred of Trump, you know, was one thing, but actually, you know, with North Korea and some other things, you know, public opinion is actually improving on him. They've lost eight which... points in general polling in terms like who would you yeah. vote for, a generic Republican or a generic Democrat? And they've lost a ton of points among millennials, and those millennials are not saying they would vote Republican, they're saying they'll vote independent before they'll vote mm-hmm. for Democrats. Mm-hmm. It's like it's you those know. millennials are socialists. That's not a bad word for them. The way no, it was programmed in my the brain Parkland and others. Kids are yeah. like basically when you actually talk to them are socialists. It's like yeah. mm-hmm. you know we saw that that Bernie thing where he gave the speech outside. You know when all the Parkland kids how, were rallying. How did you kids like all become socialists? John yeah. How, how did you kids become socialists? Like uh, we googled it. Yeah, <laughs> because they've grown up in an in an era where the internet's always been available and they've always been. Uh, you know they've they've grown up in this this era of like just crushing poverty and you know complete uh shrinkage of of any kind of middle class whatsoever and just well, this and the widening income inequality it's like how do you not how are you not a fucking socialist mm-hmm. waiting for corporations to do the right thing because it makes fiscal sense or because they care or whatever it, it <laughs> don't hold your breath you know yeah. we can't we can't anymore um yeah there was you know this conscious capitalism thing and and you know certainly that's better than than regular capitalism but they're still doing it because of the conscious money capitalism's like pr though it's really you not a thing this. so you know what a big thing is it is the healthcare thing because you got a lot of young women that are like wait a minute why am i paying money out of my paycheck which is already small for tampons and birth control when no other woman in the first world has to do that and they're like hey yeah. here's a guy that wants me to have that all for free or have it all be subsidized so i don't ever have to pay that out of my paycheck anymore directly you know it's it's you know the same as paying for the, the roads or the water or the parks you know it's like that's not a hard thing to sell to young people that need those things, so, you know. Also, you know, all these young people are are getting the the harsh wake up call that college is completely unregulated and unaffordable for anyone, and you're going to be, you know, put into crippling debt for the rest of your life if you want to get an education and actually get a job where you can make a living. Yeah, so it's like... well, and they also know they're all the universities are going to are. You know, they are um, underwritten by the fossil fuel corporations, too. And they're like, well, you and know, by <laughs> big corporations. I mean, even back when I went to college, I remember. Fuels, but yeah. I remember walking down the the quad to the bookstore and lined up along there was credit card company after credit card company giving you, you know, free water bottle, free towel, whatever, apply for our card. Ugh. They want to get you in debt. And guess what? Colleges get paid for that shit. Mm-hmm. They make money off that. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, you know, we're in good shape, guys. I'm very optimistic. Hey, there is some good news. Um, world World wrestling is moving into Saudi Arabia. Oh, oh, fuck! You know, I didn't even I didn't even prepare that story, but I can I can tell you most of the details off the top of my head. I read about it so, a little bit today. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucked up. So you know, as some of you guys know, as listeners, I'm a big uh, pro wrestling fan. You know. I obviously don't think it's real. I think that's a big misconception about pro wrestling fans. We watch it the same way we watch, you know, Game of Thrones or something like that. It's just a fun, you know, kind of turn your brain off thing at the end of the day yeah. when you're trying not to yeah. think about the crushing, uh, you know, boot of uh, capitalism. <laughs> but... Instead, you, you think about the real boot and pile driver fucking people exactly. fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so... You know, the WWE has been in the past couple of years uh, making a concerted effort to expand women's wrestling because, you know, if you know anyone remembers from the 90s and 2000s, it was like, you know, 
pudding matches and like bra and panties but like really you know horrible sexist reductive shit you know as was kind of the culture of the time with like howard stern and south park like that was a very you know it was a very like macho unnecessarily sexist time Isn't it period still all that way a couple years no wrestling's not macho at all now not one bit <laughs> <laughs> no well, i mean i remember watching it a couple years ago and somebody had it on in a, in a room i was in and it was like all scantily clad women and, well they still yeah, dress but, but, you know but but men the men in wrestling dress that way too it's just you know it's a, it's a very loose you know loosely attired sport because you need to move around a lot so oh that's why yeah clearly well, I mean, like the dudes wear fucking like basically, you know, briefs. The dudes like, don't even wear tops. You can see their yeah. breasts and everything. The guys, um, <laughs> but no, but you, so, um, but they've made a concerted effort in the past few, you know, uh, in the past few years to like this whole thing that their branding is like the women's evolution and the women's revolution and all this stuff. But what they've done is actually get like all the best female wrestlers from all around the world who wrestle just as well as the men do. You know, do all the same fucking crazy you know, moonsaults off the top and all this, you know, crazy shit. And it's been great. They've, they've attracted a lot of, you know, young female fans and uh, a lot of people who've watched for years, who've wanted them to do that. It's, it's, it's a really great thing. So uh, last week they took a trip to Saudi Arabia um, because uh, Bin Salman, uh, the new leader there, you know, the reformer, <laughs> the progressive reformer in Saudi Arabia, he, he painted who all jailed the, all his yeah, political opponents. All the bombs they drop on Yemen are painted pink now for breast cancer. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's really nice of him, the, the awareness uh, that he's raising. But um, so he uh, is doing this thing that's really insidious, but really easy to see through where he's just paying a bunch of celebrities to endorse him essentially like he had dinner with the rock and morgan freeman and you know george clooney and like he's they they run puff pieces on 60 minutes where they don't even ask him about yemen um so what the saudis are doing because they have just ungodly amounts of money more money than jeff bezos does and they're just paying uh people for positive coverage for commercials essentially yeah and these Um, these wrestling events were like all the wrestlers had to go up on in the ring and say good things about saudi arabia and this big pr program like they're not even hiding it so you know this was this was just an extension of his his kind of pr strategy which is to make saudi arabia seem like they're this a nation that's slowly progressing and becoming more moderate so that they can get away with the atrocities that they're committing in places like Yemen, where they're committing a genocide, and, you know, Syria, where they're trying to overthrow Assad so they can put a pipeline through. It's like, this. The, the, it's a very smart strategy, but, you know, it, it's very easy to see through. So the WWE got, I'm sure, hundreds of millions of dollars to run uh, basically like a fantasy camp show for the fucking, you know, for the Saudi, uh, Oh yeah. I read it was ruler. like $25 million per event and they're doing them every couple months for 10 years. This yeah. is big money. <laughs> yeah, no, it's huge money. So, um, what it was is they call it the greatest Royal rumble. So the WWE has a Royal rumble, which is a big battle Royal with like 30 people. So the greatest Royal rumble, which I'm sure Ben Salman himself named has 50 people in it. And he got like them to bring back like the Undertaker, all these people that were retired, just to like you know please the fucking Saudi princes sitting in the front row, uh, who who stood with their backs to the show the whole show, <laughs> but uh, which was really weird and off putting to watch. But um, it, so you know it was, I watched it because it was like well they made it into the supercar that you couldn't miss. It was like right. all these people, 
people well, that were on. You know, it's it's like your thing, so, and it's also tying into geopolitics. So it's like you kind well, of. Well, you know, I was going to watch it no matter what, but I was I was watching it hoping that it was not going to be that offensive and that I can just enjoy it, and it's whatever. But number one, you know, before they went, it came out that uh, no women were allowed on the show because women. Uh, can't wrestle in Saudi Arabia. You can't, you know, you you may see their ankles. Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck, you know? And then, then you know, there'll be mass uh, hysteria in the audience. So, you know, the women couldn't wrestle, which was super hypocritical uh, since they're, you know, all about women's empowerment and they should have just not fucking gone. But um, whatever. So they get there. They do the show. It's going normally. Uh, in the middle of it, though, with this, two things happen in the middle of it. Number one, they run this just absurd puff piece like tourism board video uh where they show like saudi princes doing kick flips on skateboards and like it, it's it's the most absurd thing i've ever seen like it was it was so like look at look at all the reforms going on in saudi arabia you know women have yeah. rights now and it was like this actually, buscemi meme like the hello there fellow kids like <laughs> skateboard. yeah right yeah. exactly <laughs> uh, you know actually the one really funny joke that uh, uh this podcast where you're like uh he, he does a wrestling podcast jim Cornette, he's like I, talking about Saudi Arabia because I guess he didn't really know much about them. He's like these stupid motherfuckers. They've been they, they just gave women the right to drive the last year. They've been doing their own fucking errands for like five thousand years. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with them? Um, but so they ran this piece. It was a total puff piece, you know, about Bin Salman and what a progressive leader he is and all this bullshit. And then they brought these Saudi wrestlers out, uh, or you know, Saudi athletes that they gave tryouts to. You know, just usual bullshit. Um, you know, just highlight them, the crowd cheered them, but then they bring out these two Iranian wrestlers, uh, you know, who were, who wrestled for the company and they're like American guys of Iranian descent, but they came out waving this big Iranian flag and they got in the ring and they were like, well, you know, the Iran is, uh, you know, we, we're here to represent the number one, uh, country in, in the entire world, Iran, one of the two guys were from Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, they're just two, two American dudes. They just happen to be of uh, yeah. Iranian descent. Um, and but you know, it's it's so funny to watch, uh, because you know American wrestling is always kind of like played on like kind of really over the top stereotypes of jingoistic mm-hmm. characters. It's so weird to watch when America is not one of the countries involved. <laughs> um, and and of course the crowd booed the shit out of these Iranian guys, and then the Saudi guys beat them up and ran them off. But these fucking yeah. guys like you said, who live in Minnesota are getting like death threats now from like Saudi, you know, people that extremists. can't tell it's fake probably because they've never seen it before. Well, yeah, they've never yeah. literally never seen it before. So it, it, and it was just, it's so gross. It's like so clearly like this is, you know, we'll bring you over here. We'll give you a lot of money. You're going to do this. You're going to run this puff piece. You're going to do this. And um, yeah, now it, I just wanted to highlight it because it, it it's, you it, Ben Salman is a really uh, smart and cunning, uh, mass murder so he knows that in order to put uh in order he, he kind of like obama he, he puts a nice face on empire like you know he he knows what to do to all right so right now two million dollars to go over there and do it would you do it to, be a part wrestle? of his little i, I don't think show? i could i could if you could you know what i mean if, if you were <laughs> you have to do it shirtless though that's the thing you gotta <laughs> do it shirtless I would go. You know what? If I if he gave me the money, I'd probably go over there and talk shit about him. But then I might not make it out of the country. Alive. Yeah, you might not. Yeah. Well, um, the, one, of the, no, one of the one of the in the ring announcers um, tweeted out something about how he was drinking a beer, and you're not allowed to do that. 
and he said something about like, well, say whatever you want, at least for my country, we treat our women, women can, yeah. we don't treat our women that great in America, but no, but he was saying yeah, like, we at least yeah. treat them better. No, I like that. And Corey so Grace they're like, Oh, is he going to get fired now for that? Cause that was like a big insult to the country, to the host country. Well, yeah. the other, th- the other thing that was crazy that came out today is that there's this wrestler, Sammy Zayn. Um, he is, uh, Syrian Canadian. Uh, he's a Syrian Canadian Muslim. He's from Canada, but he's of Syrian descent. Um, and he just wasn't allowed to go. And like, the, there was a memo from the company: do not mention Sami Zayn in any of the press uh, that you do for this show. And it's fucking nuts. It's like that's how fucked up like <laughs> the Saudis are. You can't even mention that they have a Syrian wrestler. Um, and he's also very politically left wing. I mean, he has like he set up a mobile clinic in Syria tell people because he doesn't believe that the white helmets are actually trying to help you like he's a he, yeah. uh, sammy zane's a good dude um who uses his, his fame for for good things but uh he he i think it's a combo if he didn't want to go and put on this fucking charade and also they're like you might get killed if you go there so yeah well um, do you remember um what was the guy that did supersize me uh what's his morgan, morgan spurlock. spurlock yeah he did that film uh we're in the world this is some bin laden where it was kind of like Michael Moore's uh, Where Do We Invade Next, where he kind of just like went to a bunch of other countries to experience their culture, you know, to, to dispel a lot yeah. of myths, right? And every Arab nation he went to was super nice and friendly and very pro-Western and, you know, none of that death to America bullshit we, we have an impression of, except for Saudi Arabia <laughs> and except <laughs> for Israel and except for Israel. Wherever he went on the streets in Israel, he got basically mobbed. And said, you know, why are you filming? Why are you filming? Get out of our country, you know. And same thing in Saudi Arabia. It was like everywhere he went, he was followed by fifty officials, and whoever he interviewed, they were like, looked like they were, you know, Stockholm prison or Stockholm syndrome prisoner. Like, yes, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia is best country. Thank you for interviewing me. Now, you know, it's like, please don't kill me. So, (laughs) completely manufactured PR image there. But in reality, you know, if you the, the the warnings on the State Department website to travel to Saudi Arabia basically says if you're gay, don't go there because they might look at your social media, kill you. know yeah. that you're gay, still let you into the country, and then execute you as I a would, foreign I national. I would go there myself because they, they fucking do that to atheists too. They, it, atheism is punishable by – or blasphemy is punishable Smoking by death. Smoking weed is punishable by death there. Jesus yeah, and Christ, I mean. how often does our government criticize the human rights record of Saudi Arabia? Never. And yet I never. guarantee you all those rich princes are all doing all of that. Yeah, of course, course they are. <laughs> of course. Fucking rich, $50,000 a day hotel room. They're yeah. jerking it to pictures of women's so ankles right the, now. The, you other, know, they're claiming <laughs> the other big thing I think they're trying to compete with is Dubai. It, because Dubai has become yeah. such a tourist attraction for white Americans on the West coast who want to go there and party, you know, and they've built this whole, you know, Vegas in the desert city. And I think Saudi Arabia is like, we got to start appealing to that somehow. They're trying to do. And I I think they will get to the point where they'll have like, you know, like a Hong Kong where they have a couple cities where Westerners are allowed to drink, but uh, Saudi Arabian nationals won't be allowed to. That was another thing that that guy said in the podcast. He's like, well, they, they hate all those things yet. They're trying to like pretend like they love them. Like, why do they want at least like tourists to come there so they can fucking kill them? Like what? I I don't understand like why they're trying to appeal to all these people who love drinking and yeah. Yeah. Or or like homosexual and like all the, (laughs) 
Yeah. There's so much money. It's like, what? How much more money do you fucking need? It's there's, never there's enough. Always no a new frontier. There's always yeah. a new they, frontier. They, they have capital. more money probably than anyone. They well, have they've got the to be backing terrified. of the U.S. You know. Yeah, but they've got to know that their days are numbered with fossil fuels. You know. They, yeah. They, that, they're yeah. Probably, well, got to it, it, that. David Harvey talks about this all the time, and Marx, of course, talked about it. If David Harvey talks about it, Marx did. You know, you have to keep expanding capital. You have mm-hmm. to keep investing into a new place. That's why, like real estate. You don't build new real estate. You just bet on the the win or you know the the, the loss or or success rate of a of an existing property. That's where the money in real real estate is is, is in the speculation, right? Because there's no other land. There's no new land popping up anytime soon. Um, and the same thing, you know, like you you have to in, invest in more tourism. You can't, you know, I mean, some places have built entirely new cities. But that's really hard to do, you know. So if you can get more people to come spend money in the city you already have, then that's always going to be a new venture. That's always going to be a a, a win in, in the realm of capitalism. Yeah. <sighs> well, uh, that that pretty much does it for us this week. Um, no unpopular oh. opinions. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even think of one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any? No sex assault roundup? Come on, we got Charlie Rose. We got... Oh. Char- Charlie Rose is... Oh, because he's starring that new show or whatever. Oh, no, I do think it's super funny how uh, a bunch of uh, prominent liberal women like Rachel Maddow signed a letter being like, hey, Tom Brokaw never molested me, so it's, he's he's a real cool guy, even though these women are claiming that he you know, assaulted them or harassed them or whatever. Yeah. It's such a bizarre... Like it, it's like the only like and Jimmy Dore points out is like the only reason you write that is to discredit his accusers. So like you're you're pretending like you're in support of the Me Too movement, yet you're writing this letter being like, well, he never harassed me, but like, it, yeah, okay, yeah, that mean he's never harassed defense. anybody. Yeah, because you should address the accusation on the merits of that accusation, not, uh, uh you know, not assaulting somebody else doesn't mean you didn't assault that person. Yeah, yeah but you can still, what a fucking yeah, you can still say like, I is, question you know? the accusation, but to say, well, I don't know about the accusation, but he didn't do it to me is not a defense. Yeah, yeah. there's this article I have up. Tom Brokaw is where hashtag believe women runs into hashtag not all men. And they're like, oh, 65 supporters came out and said, oh, you know, don't believe these two women. So do we believe them? Do we not believe them? And it's like, I, I think I that's can't... even a, a, a bad characterization. I think it, that's where it runs into the hypocrisy of uh, like liberal media elites who claim that they support these causes, but they only uh, support them when it doesn't affect people that they know like it's right. you know right uh, like oh well no he's a respectable gentleman i like him he you know rachel well, maddow has never met a horrible fucking person she wouldn't defend you know we talked about thing, though, just because he didn't harass you doesn't mean he didn't harass someone else no, I've of course seen his it's, behavior, it's common sense and, yeah yeah it drives me insane and you know now with charlie rose it's the same thing so there are three women uh that announced on friday that they're suing saying they were harassed when they worked for him and the network did nothing of course the network did nothing cbs knew well, they said they didn't know ago, didn't it or is this new developments that they're suing this him is now? new developments yeah well probably because there was an announcement last week that charlie rose was starting a show to rehabilitate people that were victims quote-unquote of the me too is that for real i didn't hear about oh yeah that. yeah no that was that that was for real and people like lost their fucking mind they're like what the f- who th- who greenlit that <laughs> does he have a manager <laughs> I, I he should fire that fucking person if he does I hope the manager um, fired him uh, yeah anyway <laughs> yeah you know um, it, it's 
and you know obviously we've talked about different you know people have been accused and obviously there's shades and there's complications and not everyone but you know but i i i don't think the right thing to do is necessarily to make a show where you're you know painting all these people is like i'm sure he would have had on you know harvey weinstein eventually and people like that it's like polanski did you see the thing polanski got yanked out of the um uh, oscar committee after 40 however many decades you know him and cosby yeah and uh yeah it was kind of like they did it for cosby but then it was like well we're here we might as well vote polanski (laughs) so somebody's going down the the list like oh hey look who's still on here i i I really wonder if that's what it was it was like well we all get this is the first time we've convened to vote somebody out in like 30 years so let's i guess let's take care of polanski we should i wonder if he even knew he was on there still (laughs) like they keep sending me all these tapes every year to watch and i don't even know what they know (laughs) yeah that's gotta be such a bummer to not get off Oscar screeners anymore when you get removed yeah. from the academy. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 just like you know, clearly what that guy did was also really really awful. Um, if anyone gets a chance to watch it, it was a documentary called uh, I forget the name of it. Basically, it was about the trial he went through, and um, he kind of genuinely didn't understand that he did something wrong, and that's not an excuse at all. Um, but he fled the country because the, the judge sort of like flipped on a plea bargain and was going to basically make a, a show trial out of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think people have the impression that he got away with it, you know, or he didn't get, he didn't suffer enough. And it feels like some people going after him now still are just kind of like that name kind of, it's yeah. become such a joke, but I don't know. I don't really have a yeah. strong opinion either way on it. You know. I've said I have complicated feelings Lydia on that one because, yeah. Like yeah, as a young woman, I know I felt like I was grown up and felt like I could consent and all of those things. And I can understand, you know, where you you might feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone thinks you're older, you know, it's a it's a weird it's a weird situation. But then as an older person now, I look back on it and I'm like, oh, you know, but abuse of power and, you know, all yeah. of these different yep, exactly. you know, aspects exactly. of it. And, and Malika Walensky has said the same about her relationship with Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. that she looks back on it now and realizes she was victimized, but she didn't, you know, didn't see it that way at the time. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and Lewinsky said some stuff about Me Too and got just unmercifully attacked by Clinton supporters and she yeah. didn't mention Bill Clinton's name once in what she said, yeah. you know, and but it was like, just shows how, you, that they... you know, because she didn't mention Bill Clinton, that means that she couldn't have ever had a bad experience with any other person ever. Right. You know, like her, her whole existence is not that president, <laughs> you know, she has an entire life still. Yeah. Well, you know, but that, you know, again, like just like with the Tom Brokaw thing, it's like they're not really committed to seeing justice done or like seeing these, you know, people that are preying on women ousted. They're just being tribalists. It's like, oh, well, we got another one of these guys and he's not in our club. So fuck him. But when it's one of ours, like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, he's a respectable gentleman. He never... It's like somebody puts out a memo, yeah, and says, "Okay, this is the one we're going to turn on now. This one's okay to shit on. This one's Mm -hmm. not. Yeah. You know, they'll throw Aziz Ansari out of fucking public society because he had a weird date. But Tom Brokaw, who got accused of harassing like 23 women, it's like, oh, no, well, he's a respectable gentleman. And how how dare, you know, you say this? Like, it's just fucking ridiculous, you know? Well, and that's, you know, with I, I think that's kind of the byproduct of this being the venue for all of this has been um, mostly tabloid media. 
right? And that's not yeah. to say the accusations aren't legitimate, but who's ran it the most? It's been mostly Hollywood reporter type stuff, right? And I think that unfortunately lends itself to people um, sort of choosing sides based on political opportunity. Right. And it's not, well, it's, it's like, not those a are good... some of the only publications that will even talk about it anymore. If you, you know, don't you think it was hard to get a story against Weinstein in there for a while? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. that guy had, you know, I mean, you saw what he was doing. I mean, he was hiring, uh, private detectives to stalk people. Exactly. You know, hiring fucking Mossad, like, you know, Israeli, yeah. Uh, yeah. CIA. Um, yeah. um no, I, I don't mean that, that, you know, it's, it's wrong. They publicize not at all. Uh, these are public figures. Right. Um, they don't have the same right to privacy that a private person does, right? Uh, I'm saying part of that venue lends the support or lack of support for an accusation to become more politically motivated, you know, where right. it's like, well, that's, uh, you know, Al Franken, so I don't believe it. But if it was Bill O'Reilly, I totally believe it, right? Oh, Donut Twitter still mm -hmm. loves talking about how Kristen Gillibrand's disqualified because she threw Al Franken under the bus. It's like... <laughs> Al Franken threw Al Franken under the bus by groping like at least eight women. Like what? Yeah. I don't, what the fuck are you talking about? Like these people are just so tribalist and in the in a fucking bubble. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like no, if your person did something bad, like if if he's in your club, then I'm sorry. Like if if you know you, you can't just pretend like it's fine if your guy does it but it's <clears throat> horrendous if somebody who's a republican does so it. Like, I, I think we need to rechain or the the name of the segment is not unpopular opinions but thoughtful nuanced opinions <laughs> <laughs> let's pat ourselves on the back well done team <laughs> all right well uh you know if you're listening to this you should check out our uh the cast we did the other day on uh, Fog of War because it ended up being a lot more on just uh, imperialism and Vietnam. What's Fog of War? <laughs> I never heard of it. It's a uh, 2003 uh, documentary about Robert McNamara, who in many ways was the architect of our strategy <clears throat> in Vietnam. Um, who who was he? What was he? Is he in the government? I, I, the, I well, I don't know. We have a pretty young audience, but yeah, no, he was the uh, Secretary of Defense under LBJ, and um, it's an interesting documentary. Uh, he's he's remorseful, but he's not. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting watch. I would re highly recommend watching it and listening to our coverage of it because uh, I think you can find something to enjoy in that, even if you. But you don't even have to it. have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. No. We yeah we, we kind of talked more about the war itself, and we do talk about the film a little bit. Um, where could people find that uh, podcast we did on Wednesday? On SoundCloud, where they're listening to this. Oh. <laughs> on uh, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, nice. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to support the show. Patreon.com slash move left. Uh, I am at uh, move underscore left on Twitter. I'm at a poly bent, P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T. Uh, I'm at Kanye West uh, at MySpace. <laughs> So you can listen to all my great takes there. Or try Chaos Bot 5000. Damn it! <laughs> the jig is up. And join us next week on Move Left Idiots.
There's insanity in the control room tonight.